Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is your captain speaking. Please keep your tray tables in their upright and locked positions. Make sure your chairs are straight. Make sure you're buckled because we're about to go for one hell of a ride. Hello, friends. How are you doing today? I'd like to thank our executive producers for today's show, and I thank you guys for having them. We have Sir Grant Lewis Williams. Thank you very much. And Lady Sandy McPlarton. Am I saying that correctly? Partlon, Sandy McPlartlon. Thank you guys very much. We appreciate it. We thought you would, wouldn't be able to do this show at all. I'd have no reason to come in here and babble at myself. We have to have someone to talk to. This is a conversation with you is what we're doing. And we're going to go into, I'm going to go deeper into that. If you'd like to become an executive producer for the show, you can contribute $20 or more. You can do it through a super sticker or a super thanks, which is a little heart with a dollar sign below every video. And, of course, super sticker is in the chat room. For those of you that are listening on Spotify, you can join us here. This is filmed before a live YouTube audience at, at one of the fives, usually live at 5 a.m. or p.m. Today is p.m. It'll be p.m. for the next few days. And um, for those of you that are new, let me tell you what the show is about a little bit because I got somebody who wanted to know in the in the comment section because this person said that I was a uh, looser, a looser, asking for money, a looser, L-O-O-S-E-R. No, I didn't respond back. But let me explain this, guys. Um, for those of you that are new, I'm a writer, and what I do is I go through all the stories every day of everything going on. Right now we're talking about the Idaho 4 murders, but I go through all the stories. And I find something in an article uh, to write or an idea of an article to write, so I just decided to share that with you guys. But then I had another idea, and this stems back from my college. And the idea is this. I did this study in college, and what I did was I did what boils down to good deeds. So I had these really advanced um, physiology classes. And I was into, much as I am now, high-end audio production. So what I did is I took really high-end audio equipment. I put it right next to the, the professor with their okay, of course. And I recorded all the studies um, for the tests and I made that available to students online. You know, it's just something I did. I did it for me, and then I extended it to them. Now, I, no one asked me to, and nobody, well, this wasn't in the syllabus as something they expected. And I did this with the idea of this. Do people do good deeds? You know, a lot of people do. Um, there's some people that give to charities, but I'm not talking about that. You can write that off in your taxes. I'm talking about something. Would you do something for somebody if it costs you something? Ask yourself that question. And this is what this experiment of mine, um, it did, you know, to a small degree. It was a sample of that. It's something that I did, and it cost me. It cost me time. It cost me um, the audio production, but it was free at first and then it became harder to do because you see time is money and time is valuable and that took time away from me and would you do something good if there was no thanks for it let's take it to the next step would you do it if there was no thanks for it no would you do it if it helps somebody and actually saves their life would you do it if they never knew that you did it nobody knew but you all right, now the last step is this. And as I go through these different stages, my tests and my questionnaires, um, well, it gets significantly less and less. And the final step was this, and this had like a 99.8%. Would you do it? Would you save somebody's life if they never knew you did it, no one else knew you did it, and not only do they not know you did it, but they're mad at you about it? You get negative feedback, plus it costs you something. And it goes to almost 100% no. I don't think we should be in a world like that. And I know there's people that do good things no matter that help others. 
regardless of what it costs to them. Now, this show is not exactly like this, but I promise you, I guarantee you, the money that comes into this show right now is not going to me. It is going to the license, our music licensing for the stream because I think that is extremely important, and I'll tell you why. And I've seen uh, these online uh, radio stations before, and I've seen them get very successful playing the kind of music that you guys want to listen to all over the world, all right? But I, d I don't just want a United States license. I want a world license, and I know how to do that, but it costs a certain amount of money for the licensing, and that's what we're doing. And I think it's important because one of the great horror stories in my life has been NPR. That sounds silly, but I appreciate the audio and the production quality of it so much, but for it to be completely one-sided political just crushes, crushes my soul a little bit. I think it should be more open. I think it should be fair and just on both sides where you can actually get information of, more information about it and not have blocked information. And that's what I'm seeking to do here. This show is a conversation with you. I have my own jobs, guys. I have my own money. I support my family with that. Uh, all the production of the show is covered by me. Um, the money that comes in here for this, it goes to the music licensing. I want you guys to know that because I think we're about, we're taking my old experiment we're kicking it in the ass. We're putting nitri nitrous oxide in it, and we're taking it to the next level. We're not going nationwide. We're going worldwide. We're going to have a politically free radio station where you get all the news that's unbiased, but you're getting the most awesome music also that we all want to listen to, free of bull crap, from the people, actually from the people. That is my dream. That is what we're doing and let me go ahead. I'm going to open up the phone line soon because I've been getting a lot of information from you guys about sexual deviancy as it relates to this guy. Um, I want to know where you guys got that. I have some information about this, but I want to know what, where you guys are coming from. Again, this shows a conversation with you. I'm not sitting up here the expert. I'm here like you, and we're learning from each other. We'll talk on the flip side of this. I am the Chief Fruit Loop. Jerry, you are listening or you're watching Midnight Radio. I'd like to thank you very much for joining. If you haven't yet, I'm really excited about our membership groups. I want to tell you about them because I am excited about it. Mainly, the third membership we have is for writing. It's the writing class. Uh, that video should be coming out tomorrow evening. And I'm excited about it because I can't wait to be able to share with you guys the knowledge I have about this. You know, it's very rare that you can get somebody that is active in a field and they say, hey, you know, I, I see you're interested in this. Let me, let me show you the secrets. Let me show you something. And that is what that is. That is a Midnight Rider membership. That's the third level. That's $9.99 a month. That is a class. If you're interested in joining for membership and you're in the chat room right now, there's information up top about that. If you're in Spotify... I will put the link for you in the show notes right down there. There's also two other levels. One is Midnight Supporter and Midnighter. Now, Midnighter, Midnight Supporter is $2.99 a month, and that just is uh, something if you want to help contribute to this broadcast and you like it, and that helps support it. And the second one, Midnighter, what that does is that allows you into our Discord. That gives you access to our, our uh, members-only videos, member-only streams. And then you got the, the writing level, and that is for the writing class plus everything else below it. So thank you guys for joining me again. Let's go ahead and get into this, play our first video here for you guys. This morning, Brian Kober, the suspect wanted for the quadruple murders of four Idaho college students preparing to be sent to Idaho after waiving his extradition rights. Arrangements currently are being made to deliver Koberger back to Idaho where he can have continued due process and face these charges. 
The 28-year-old criminology PhD student maintains his innocence as he prepares to face a judge in Moscow after appearing shackled and silent in a Pennsylvania courtroom Tuesday. Led in by armed guards, his mother, father, and two sisters there, Koberger appearing calm and emotionless during the 12-minute proceeding. As he left the courtroom, he mouthed, I love you, to his family, his mother and sister sobbing. Koberger and his father recently making a 2,500-mile I do have a video of their first pullover. To Pennsylvania just weeks ago. On the way, they were stopped twice by Indiana police. And it wasn't for following. New body cam footage from the first December 15th incidents released showing Koberger being pulled over for following too closely. That's the second. He was released with a verbal warning while driving that white Hyundai Elantra. Indiana State Police saying at the time of his stop, there was no information available on a suspect for the crime in Idaho or any specific information related to the license plate, state or number of the white. Okay, now why didn't the FBI have like an all-points bulletin? Because that, that would be their purview right there, you know, just saying, if any of you guys can tell me. White Hyundai Elantra. This, as new details emerge about that looks like Steve Carroll there, doesn't he? on Koberger's family home on December 30th. A force was used. The warrants were issued for evening search warrants, but obviously surveillance was conducted and we wanted to go in at a time when we thought it would be the safest for everybody, safest for anybody else in the house, safest for Mr. Koberger and safest for our people. The Monroe County District Attorney said part of the reason he believes Koberger is in a hurry to return to Idaho is so that he can read that probable cause affidavit. Now, that is still expected to be made public after his first court appearance in Idaho, but noting that the judge did issue a gag order last night. So the attorneys and law enforcement involved in this case cannot comment until there's a verdict. Okay, so let's talk about the gag order. And I've dealt with this recently when I was covering the trial of Alex P. Jones. Alex Phineas Jones, and the same thing was issued. And I don't know if Cooper's here. If he is, he's probably busy right now. He's got to work sometime, right? But a gag order as it relates to uh, court proceedings normally is just for the people involved in the case. Now, how will that change for information we get? Well, Steve Goncalves, I do not believe, will be talking about this case anymore at all. Otherwise, we'll just keep continue to get the same information we have been getting all along. Now, how does that relate to... Yes, we're about to watch this body cam video. How does that relate to having a camera in the court? Well, they haven't ruled on having a camera in the court yet, although they made the, the preparations in the paperwork to have a camera in the court and... They're going to do it via media poll style, which is might not actually be bad for us. Uh, a media poll style is, means there's one camera and they run shifts between the other, the, all the news departments like CNN. I'm sure Law and Crime will be there and um, blah, 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 ABC, NBC, all those. And they'll have their cameramen take time at that camera. And they'll have a video feed that usually goes to some little room upstairs. And they all run recorders off of it recording their piece of it and they go and they do their um, reporting they grab a clip do the reporting either in front of the courthouse or you'll see some do it in that little room with the same footage that they all got they'll have the same clips normally um because the time the court stops at the end of the day they have a short broadcast window so that's boring but um if they do it that way, I'm not sure if we can get a video feed because, again, they have to have real feeds. Uh, they have to have, you know, they don't have a feed going out of the courthouse. They just have it going to one spot recording it. But I'll keep you updated here, and hopefully we can get a video feed. If we can, we will. Um, for those of you who are a member, which I, I suggest you do or consider, uh, there is great value in it. You'll be in the Discord server. Sometimes... I will be able to get a video feed, but I can't put it on YouTube. Not that it's illegal, but just that I can't do it on YouTube, and I might, if I have to, do a feed on there. And we'll look at we'll watch it together in the Discord. So let's check this out. Now, this isn't the video we played yesterday. What this actually is, it is... Uh, hello. 
this is the first time they got pulled over. Yesterday we we played the second, but this is the first. Let's play it now. Hello. How you doing? How y'all doing today? Good, good. Take a look at your driver. I don't see Brian smiling. We're going to look at his hand also. Driver's license real quick if I could. See, he's right up on that van, man. You right up on the back end of that van. Hold you over for tailgating. Is this your car? Okay. Cool. Where are you headed? Well, we're coming from WSU. And, uh, What's WSU? So we're, okay, I, I'm having a hard time hearing you because of the traffic. So you're coming from Washington State University, and you're going where? Oh. A lot of you guys have been saying, and a lot of you guys have been saying that they knew who this was, but they were just stopping him to keep tabs on him. And I think you guys might be right because... We got information that the FBI was following him the whole time and they were tracking him and put trackers on his car. This is what I, I heard from them. So we, we're getting, again, we're getting mixed information because they like to keep us nice and confused. Oh, oh okay. We're a little, we're slightly much driving for hours. Hours, days. Hours driving. Okay. So why do you guys think they would have drove instead of using a plane? I'm gonna look in the chat room. Why wouldn't they why wouldn't they have flown? They were definitely being tailed by the FBI for the stop, yes. Why didn't they fly? Wouldn't that have been safer? And a lot of you here's a good comment. Nothing burger has those faraway eyes, very strange and blank, numb, glazed stare. I heard they only tracked him for four days. I did too, but some of that was while they were driving. What did you say about some SWAT team thing? Or yeah, there was, yeah, there was the a mass shooting here. Where? Do you guys want me to put closed caption on and play it again? All right, I will after this. So y'all work at the university there? Actually, oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I hadn't heard about that incident just yet. They were talking about some shooting, like, oh, that's horrible. Today or? All right, let me go back and I want to put on closed captions because I'm curious, guys. Good, good. Take a look at your driver's license real quick if I could. See, he's right up on that van, man. He was right up on the back end of that van. Pulled you over for tailgating. Is this your car? Okay, cool. Where are you headed? Well, we're coming from WSU. Catch a blind. What's WSU? So we're okay. I, I'm having a hard time hearing you because of the traffic. So you're coming from Washington State University, and you're going where? Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're a little, we're slightly much driving for hours. 
hours, days. Hours. Okay. And what did you say about some SWAT team thing? Or yeah, something? there was. Yeah, there was the mass shooting and everything. Where? Y'all work at the university there? Or? I actually do work there. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I hadn't heard about that incident. Just All right, I'm going to stop right there because the loud audio is about blowing my eardrums out, guys. Oh, man. So some of you say that he's not, they're not acting weird. Some of you say that Kohlberger looks like he's suffering from some kind of disease. He has dark eyes and he's literally creeping you out. Is it because you know what he's done or you think you know what he's done? Is that what it is? Are our minds playing tricks on us because we know? Something to consider. All right. Breaking news right now. Brian Koberger is now in Pennsylvania State Police custody after being transferred from Monroe County Jail. He made his first public court appearance in Pennsylvania for the murder of four University of Idaho students yesterday. He waived extradition and is now headed to Moscow. Right now, we are waiting to learn exactly when he will arrive in Idaho to face for first-degree murder charges. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us here on Up With Creme. I'm Tim Pham. And I'm Channing Curtis. Now, Koberger's arrest is definitely welcome news for the families of those four victims. And those families are now waiting for him to arrive in Idaho so that he can be formally arrested and charged. So let's get right to Nicole Hernandez, who is live in Moscow right now as we wait for Koberger to arrive. Nicole, what do we know about his extradition and the court appearance that happened yesterday? So I have been keeping track of his flight right now. He's flying down to Idaho, and they stop for fuel. And last I heard, he was still stopped. So he's not actually there, but does it matter when he gets there? Uh, Maybe we'll get a video feed of that, and we'll watch it live. Good morning. Good morning, Tim Channing. So we did call Monroe County Correctional over in Pennsylvania. Again, they confirmed that Brian Kohlberger is now in Pennsylvania State Police custody. We're still working to figure out exactly what time that transfer of custody happened. This movement, though, happening less than 24 hours after courts confirmed the extradition process to be started to get Kohlberger from Pennsylvania back here to North Idaho. What we know right now is that could be as early as this morning or he could get here as late as next Friday. We are here at Laytock County Jail here in Moscow. We are keeping an eye here on the area as we wait for this to happen. Yesterday, the murder suspect was in Pennsylvania court. The courtroom did not allow cameras inside, but we know he was in the room for about 20 minutes. He waived his right to an extradition hearing, meaning that he just accepted that extradition back here to Idaho. Here's video of deputies escorting him out of the courthouse after his appearance. Now they have 10 days to get the suspect the 2,500 miles from Pennsylvania to here in Idaho. We are also keeping an eye on the jail roster here at Latow County Jail online. At this point, the suspect's name and information is not in that system. In Moscow, Nicole Hernandez, Crum 2 News. Nicole Hernandez with those breaking details. Thank you. Well, since the quadruple homicide, the victim's families, community, and nation have been waiting to know what happened in the early hours of November 13th. But late yesterday afternoon, Creme 2 learned we are not going to be getting any of those answers from anyone involved with the case. So Moscow police announcing they are no longer allowed to share any information about the investigation because of a... This is not a shocker, guys, with this gag order. I mean, there's nothing new enforcement and attorneys from talking about information in the case that is not public record. This is called a non-dissemination order and according to documents obtained by Krem 2, it will be in place until a verdict is reached. Now, we also heard from the Pennsylvania State Police for the first time since Koberger's arrest. Following the extradition hearing, we finally got some answers. Jack Culkin from our Pennsylvania station has more on how investigators were able to find Koberger. Why the ending is so wild? 
Oh my. <laughs> Brian Koberger, the man accused of killing four students from the University of Idaho, will leave Pennsylvania sometime in the next 10 days. He showed up in person to a hearing at the Monroe County Courthouse, where he agreed to be taken back to Idaho. Really, we could continue to go over this. We've already been over it. The extradition hearing happened. He waived his right because he wants to go to Idaho. And I believe it was one of the, it was in the, what do you call it? The press conference after, one of the officers said, um, this happens because he wants to know what information they have and they'll have to disclose it, you know, to his defense team. So until he signs those papers, he doesn't actually start the process of being able to defend himself against whatever it is. So they're saying that's why he he uh, he signed the paperwork. There's an interesting article here I want to share with you guys about the Idaho 4 and 4 channers. Um, there's a lot of it we've gone over before. And for those of you that haven't, I'll briefly go over that too again. Um, I'm going to go ahead and open up the phone line because... A lot of you guys were talking about his sexual deviancy. There's a lot of you that have been watching, or I'm sorry, there's some of you that have contacted me regarding Donna Serafina. She had a live with Sweetie Pilo the other day. I haven't seen it. I think literally, honestly, I think I saw a 30-second clip. Not of the Sweetie Pilo interview, but of Donna Serafina before the Sweetie Pilo interview where she was talking about the deviancy of this man and... um. I don't know if it's something that I want to discuss here on the air because this is something a psychic is saying that she had the impressions of. This isn't actual facts. Of course, everything we go on here is wild-ass theories and speculations, but what are the facts behind this of his deviancy? That's what I want to know. And a lot of you guys were talking in the chat room about it, and I want to know what you know, so... Go ahead and open up this phone line for you guys. Phone line is open right now. I don't have any voicemails to play, but I'm going to go into these stories here, and we'll pause and have a conversation when you guys call in. All right, so this is a, a good one, and this is a well-put-together article. I'm actually impressed by this writer here. This is uh, it's called Idaho 4, Murder Solved by 4chan Users, a Deep Dive. And this goes into things we've talked about before, about true crime, sensational headlines, about how this story has gone international and how it's a tragedy. And then it goes into him being extradited. It goes in and it reiterates what happened in the crime. And then it goes into the bread and butter of the story right here. This is a quote from Steve Ginkalvez, which I'm going to have to tell you that he's not going to be allowed to talk anymore now that that gag order is in place. He said, they may have individually died from the exact same thing being stabbed, but there are more details. They're not even close to matching Stephen Goncalves. Gonsalves, I'm sorry. Gonsalves, it'll be all right, guys. These gruesome details will become relevant as I lay out the backstory of 4chan's involvement. The alleged killer, uh, Brian Nothingburger, was posted on the anonymous messaging board in a thread about his slangs. This would eventually be what led to him getting caught. Again, this is something I'm reading to you. It's a wild ass speculation, a wild ass theory that we're sharing right here. I'm sure you have heard that criminal psychologists propose that a killer will return to the crime scene. Well, in the digital age, a thread on an anonymous forum about your crime is a new version of that. And this is what was put on 4chan. I hung their intestines from a ceiling fan and shoved my knife up Kaylee's blank. I'm hiding in the woods in S-hole, PA. Good luck catching me. These are the messages that would eventually give detectives the name of the suspect. Not only did the poster know details of the crime that only the police would know, but he also stated that he was hiding out in Pennsylvania where he was arrested. Also, he actively tried to place the blame on an innocent Sigma 
Kai fraternity member. What an absolute butthead. But like all alleged killers, suspect nothing burger, despite his PhD in criminal psychology, is incredibly stupid. All right. These are terms I haven't heard before. Again, I'm not the writer of this. I'm sharing it with you. Weaponized autism. Weaponized autism is an expression referring to the impressive capabilities of socially awkward, tech-savvy internet users, typically associated with those who frequent image boards like 4chan. Don't forget a 4chan autistic cracked the case. How? There were body camera footage that the cops released from the night of the murders. The footage was taken at the almost same time as the slangs occurred. In the distance, a white car near the house was noticed. The cops were at the time harassing some kids for booze and riding $500 tickets. Somehow the internet and off the cops said, hey, what's the deal with this white car? Then later, a chick at a gas station nearby had a video of it speeding away. Highway 6 gas station, the alleged killer Brian uh, Nothingburger was found because his phone was hooked to Bluetooth on the white Elantra at the Highway 6 gas station. His phone just happened to be on 4chan at the time because he was posting horrible details about the crime on the thread about the murders. He connected through public Wi-Fi. Your phone will always search for connections if your Wi-Fi feature is turned on. A cell phone constantly connects to whatever Wi-Fi and cell tower networks is near. It does this constantly to know its location, so whenever you need a cell tower, you have one. And whenever you want to use your Google Maps or whatever, it doesn't take five minutes for the phone to get jacked into the correct GPS network. Google and Apple also use this to build profiles on where your phone goes for completely benign reasons, right? This means they found the poster after he kept jumping VPNs while posting on the 4chan's Idaho slasher thread. The FBI most likely owns the 4chan servers, and at the very least, everything posted there is monitored by the feds and has been for the last decade at least. That's true. 4chan is owned by the the feds, so is Discord. They're heavily um, invested in it. So is Facebook. So is YouTube, because Google is too. <sighs> Surprise. Oh, and by the way, for those of you that think you're safe on the dark web with your, you know, dot onion and whatever, that was invented by the FBI. Now, continuing. No conspiracy, that's truth. Elantra found in PA, a Hyundai Elantra was taken away from Brian Koberger's home in Mineral County, Pennsylvania. Law enforcement sources tell NBC News the white Elantra had been a possible clue in the case. There's your boy. Nothing burger. Now, after posting the chilling taunts on 4chan, suspect nothing burger, Bick knows, seems to have disappeared from the message board, allegedly. But like every crime, we will shortly discover he was a raving madman that everyone suspected, but took cops forever. His digital footprint. Brian Koberger received a Master's of Arts in Criminal Justice from DeSalle's University in Center Valley, PA. After DeSalle's, Koberger moved west in August to get his Ph.D. in the Department of Criminal Justice and Psychology at Western State University, Pullman, which is only 10 minutes away from the crime scene in Moscow, Idaho. Actually, it's 15 minutes. He was studying criminal psychology and had been posting on the Internet forum Reddit asking for volunteers for a research project. Could this be a possible motive? Links to everything I'm going over are going to be in the show notes, by the way, guys. We also know that he allegedly followed girls on Instagram. He'd been following them for two years. This is what I'm telling you. Um, we verified this using the Wayback Machine, so that's interesting. We're going to hear about more of this stuff in the trial. These are WASs, which stands for Wild Ass Speculations, and Wild Ass Theories, or WATs, all right? And the reason of putting this stuff out is so you can take it, put a pin in it, and when we learn things from the trial, you're going to say, wow, I heard it first here. Maybe I should be active in my life. Maybe life is a participation sport, and I don't have to do everything I'm told. Just maybe. What we know about the arrest. After receiving tips about the white Elantra and his phone data from 4chan, the detectives finally had a name. It was Suspect Nothing Burger Bicknose. 
and they had his DNA at the crime scene, but his DNA was never on file with law enforcement, forensic DNA databases to match it because he had no criminal record. But now the police had a name for their possible suspect. I assume they obtained a warrant for ancestry websites like 23andMe and were able to identify him positively through a familiar match. A familiar match. BTK and the Golden State Killer were both caught using similar methods. The police finally had their suspect's identity and it is reported that the FBI started monitoring suspect nothing burger big nose the fbi followed him for four days in pennsylvania and stopping him along the way before a genealogy dna match was found and a warrant could be obtained for his arrest the feed boy the fed boys dropped the band hammer instigators honed in on Koberger as a suspect through dna evidence and by confirming his ownership of the white elantra seen near the crime scene, according to law enforcement. Sources briefed on the investigation, CNN. Upon the arrest of Nothing Burger, it is reported that he asked, did you catch anyone else? This is most likely just a ploy to help his defense. Nothing Burger, by all accounts, was a weirdo. His personal life was lonely, no girlfriend to speak of, and he didn't get along with people. And for those of you who are watching... I want to say this, and we also have accounts where he didn't get along with people. He was socially awkward, yet he still went to social places to meet people. We have the story of where he went to the pub, and he was making awkward conversation with women like, hey, so um, where do you live? Did you drive here alone? And she's like, I'm not telling you that. And he called her a name. So even it's not that he didn't want relationships with women. He was frustrated with relationships with women. He didn't stay home. He wanted these relationships. And for somebody that worked so hard in their college or in their life, somebody that you'd call an achiever, you got to ask yourself, coming up against a wall for something you can achieve, how frustrating would that be? He is likely borderline and or narcissistic. This is what the writer is saying here. Definitely some part of the dark triad of personality disorders. And his involvement in this case seems like an incel thing. Do you guys know what an incel is? Uh, let me let me look up the definition for you. Because I swear, I swear, watch this. Incel is going to be the word of the year. It's got one of those little, okay. Incel. 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 Incel is a member of an online community of young men who consider themselves unable to attract women sexually, typically associated with views that are hostile towards women and men who are sexually active. Self-identified incels have used the internet to become, have... Self-inflict. I'm sorry. This is funny. I'll tell you why. Self-identified incels have used the internet to find anonymous support. These are these are your typical internet trolls that we get all the time. No, I'm not talking about Susan. Oh no, I'm talking about people that go on to everything that they don't like and they comment on it. I'm just kidding, Susan. You know, you know, I'm kidding. This is about men, right? So, so that leads up to a question. What would a female incel be called? I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) Susan's like, oh my God. Yeah, I'm just kidding. What would a female incel be called? This, I'm kind of interested in that. Let me, let me not get off topic here. So his involvement in this seems like an incel thing, but these are purely my own speculations. Yes. What the hell is this? Oh, always sunny in Philadelphia. The arrest of alleged American psycho Brian Nothingberger will help the residents of Idaho sleep better at night. It's tragic. When any city experiences horrific crime, and this 
This one was no different. I've been following this case since it began. It gives me some hope for law enforcement and the justice system. It's a reminder that there are good people in the world who want to see a savage murder brought to justice, even if they do post on 4chan. And so we have Brian Koberger here. <laughs> we have Brian Koberger here who was on 4chan taunting. We have him that was, I believe, is Papa, Papa Roger. Uh, he was also going to the groups on, on Facebook and taunting people and... I'm sure he went to several of the YouTube videos and he was taunting those people. I saw, I think I saw some of that going on. So, but you had people that were on 4chan going over the evidence and that found the evidence to help catch, catch him. So, I mean, just because you're an incel, I guess, which I'm not, but just because you're an incel doesn't mean you're evil. Did Brian Kohlberger really hang Kylie's insides from the ceiling fan? Uh, Steve Ginkalva said his daughter's injuries definitely did not match Mogan's wounds. That may have individually died from the exact same thing being stabbed, but there are more details he added. They're not even close to matching. The knife slashed open Kaylee uh, Ginkalva's liver and lungs. Her father was quoted saying, Police repeated that it was the worst crime scene they'd ever seen. So the writer says they think it's likely. Let me go ahead and put this big screen for you. Was he that alleged stalker Kaylee had? There was no proof she ever had one, although I think it will be confirmed that Brian Kohlberger was at the corner club that night, although no, it has been refuted. I will say that now. And he was a guy that reportedly got kicked out for acting creepy. No, that is not true. Let's dispel that right now. We heard from the corner club and they said, stop calling us, leave us alone. Nobody got kicked out that night and, and Brian Creepy Burger was not there. So there you go. Jack D was, Brian Creepy Burger, no. Uh, let's see. How did the cops know to look for the white car? The material they based their search on was never officially released, but I think the article laid out the evidence of my firsthand written witness account of 4chan very clearly. The probable cause affidavit will not be released until Brian Nothingburger is extradited back to Idaho to face his charges. Boom, that leads us today. Um, man, how's this going to work? Because to me, it looks like the affidavit is sealed now because of the gag order. So we might not be able to get the information from the gag order from the affidavit until the trial begins. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. Um, let me ask somebody in Cooper in the chat room. Do you know if the gag order will keep us from hearing the information in the affidavit? I think it might, but I'm not sure. How did the roommates not wake up? I think it's possible. I think it's possible at this point. Susan said she would call, but she's under a gag order of herself. It is possible he has done this in the past. He clearly seems obsessed with the idea. Okay, okay, good, good, good. From the chat room, Cooper says, fingers crossed, we'll get the affidavit and the uh, non-disclosure agreement just prevents them from discussing it. Okay, good, but we, we will get the affidavit. I think one of the biggest takeaways from this case is that the public speculations are always wrong, and you detectives all deserve the rope. Figuratively, of course. Too bad nothing will change if people are just waiting for the next murder so they can blame a new set of innocent people to keep their cycle going. <laughs> you all owe hoodie guy an effing apology. I'm not going to apologize. The end. This is good writing, guys.
I probably read more of it than I should have, but since it was good writing, I did. Is it accurate? No. Some of the things there aren't accurate, and it wasn't stated as merely opinion. The part about uh, the Reddit, the uh, 4chan posts, and how they connected that, that seemed like they were stating facts when they weren't. Blame more incels. They're always trying to blame somebody. Always, sorry, dude. All right, sorry. No, um, I really do think this. I think that um, this trial goes forward and you have Brian Cole Berger there on trial and everybody's seeing everybody's listed every day. Nobody's thinking about the Jacks right now. I do realize it would have been hard for them to be blamed for this, but it would have been a lot worse. I'm not saying that correctly. It would have been different if they were a suspect of interest named by the police and 10, 12, 20 years went by. And I've seen this happen before. That would run alive. The fact that you had some random smacker jackers off the internet saying, hey, I think it's a sky, her. And they don't know the difference between Jack D and Jack S or their, hole, their ass in a hole in the ground. That doesn't matter. People aren't going to focus on that anymore. That 15 minutes is over. I think that part of the tragedy for them is going to be lessened, you know. But the fact that these people were removed from their lives so violently, that's going to remain. Um, those are my thoughts. This is part of living in a free and open society. We, we, get to, we get to talk. We get to speculate. We get to have these communications together. Nobody gets to stop us. They can complain about it. But I believe that's a part of it. I don't think any... any um, Apologies are necessarily necessary, necessarily. I got some more information here. I'm going to have to blow it up really big. Again, the phone line is open. I would love to hear you guys talk about these things that we're going over. Um, specifically, though, about the incel issue. Maybe, are we, you can call in anonymously when you call. If you're an incel, I'd like to talk to you. What does that mean? If you have bad luck with women, maybe we can help you out tonight here on the midnight radio, how to speak to a lady, how not to speak to her, no, no one to hold it, no one to run. Never count your money when you're sitting at the table. All oh, this is hard for me to read. Okay. That doesn't work. All right, so let's talk about the public defender while I'm waiting for a phone call. 325-261-0892. I got five more minutes, guys. Five more minutes. One phone call, just one. So I do want to let you guys know this. So Ann Taylor, she's going to be the public defender for Brian Colberger. She has experience that she is not the same woman that was acting as the coroner earlier. She's not the same one at all. And that's good to know. Now, she has specialized in criminal defense and private practices for the past five years and was hired as the, count, the county's public defender. And prior to her private practice, she worked for the public defender's office from 2004 to 2012. Taylor, she takes over for John Adams, who is also the name of my grandfather, by the way, who retired in March after nearly 21 years as the chief public defender. So she has experience. She is not the coroner, so we know about that. That is good. We don't want this trial to be botched. We don't want to make sure that he didn't have accurate representation or appropriate representation, excuse me. Nobody wants that. They want we want him fair and square. I'd like to welcome somebody to the Midnight Riders group. Mayor Quinn, I believe. 
There's your bowl of Fruit Loops. Susan says, I'm not an incel. I'm an incel's nightmare. <laughs> Ann Taylor, not a great store. I don't know what that means. Oh, it's a shoe store. Campbelltown, I saw, I thought the same thing. Campbelltown, you are Ann Taylor. What did Campbelltown say? Now, I'm not going to have a hard time slopping and wearing Ann Taylor. I'm going to have a hard time shopping and wearing Ann Taylor. Wow. He's innocent until proven guilty. Absolutely. And I don't believe what we say matters. Public defender looks like Kaylee to me. Uh, loud on screen is, lady on screen is Ann Taylor. Yes, that's her. Ladies clothing. Who's Ann Taylor? This is Ann Taylor. That's Jenna. All right, we're taking her one phone call, then we're going to go off the air. Midnight caller line, Jerry speaking. Who am I speaking to? I don't know. I've seen your number on TV. Who's this? Are you an incel? Am I a what? Are you an incel? What's an incel? An incel is a person that has awkward time talking to women. Awkward time talking to women? Yes. And it's frustrated. All right. right, Yeah, I'm, I'm frustrated. Bye. Well, that'll work. Come on. Ah, well, he called the incel line. I'd like to thank you guys. This has been another awesome show. I'll see you guys tomorrow night at 5 p.m. Until then, all my best goes out to every one of you. That means there's nothing but good thoughts to you guys. And a special double helping of goodwill to the possible incel that just called me. Appreciate you guys. This is a conversation with you every day. We'll be back. I'll see you tomorrow night. Oh, and if you guys were wondering before about the two the two things, the first one is somebody might have said something rude. And the second one is the second one 